podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawk fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Ofsted, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers here for a fun show. We're going to do a mock draft, seven-round mock draft with trades, um, just to have a little bit of fun uh, for for this week, because, you know, everybody works all week, wants to, to enjoy a, a show where you don't have to think, you're just listening uh, to ideas about what the team might do. Uh, in a mock trade so it's just all for fun and uh, we're here for it so welcome in man yeah these are always um these shows are fun just because they're pure speculation and um you just get to look at a lot of different uh, draft prospects and go who if i was building the team what would i do and then um, especially when you look back after the draft and you go damn john snyder is better at this than i am (laughs) right um and uh but yeah we'll see how um how we do so we yeah. both we both did one trade, um, yes. But did. you did not trade the first overall pick. So why don't you go ahead and get us started? Yeah, I didn't. You know, there's a, there's a few scenarios um, where you just kind of have to stay at five. Um, I was thinking in terms of um, C.J. Stroud being there at five, or possibly Anthony Richardson if the team seems enamored with him. Um, and then Will Anderson Jr. I think that the team would stay at five for those players. Um, Jalen Carter, not sure. I'm not sure. We talked about that a little bit at the beginning of last show. Uh, they are investigating Jalen Carter uh, as, as a team, doing their homework. It'll be interesting to find out what happens on draft day, but that wasn't a concern for me. I had a player drop uh, in Will Anderson, and I think that, that that's the player that I think Seattle would prefer to stay at, at five, four and, and run up to the podium and turn in the card. Uh, so that's my pick. Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama, uh, would be a, a perfect fit in a three, four scheme as an, as an edge, uh, and an outside linebacker role for the Seahawks. And he's probably one of the safer picks in the draft. Yeah. Um, guys looks like an elite, um, pass rusher. Um, just, everything about him looks like a guy that people are going to love. Um, and I don't know what else to say. He's just <laughs> one of those guys. That's just right. really, really good. So, okay. so you said you made a trade. I did. What'd you get? So my trade, um, I traded back from five to nine. Um, and for that, I got the second so- round pick number 53. And, um, a fourth round pick number 133. Nice. So, uh, interestingly, so, um, making this trade, uh, there was a player sitting at five that, um, I thought about drafting and then I was like, you know what? I've done that draft. 
and so I'm going to move back and um, see what's there. And the guy that was there was Jalen Carter. And, um, hmm. you know, he's dropping because of all the off-field stuff that's happened. Um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, since the combine. And um, I'm like, you know what? If you move back and he's still sitting there at nine, maybe that's just a sign you need to take him and um, and roll with it because it's just an absolutely dominant interior, um, you know, defensive lineman. And you just roll the dice as far as the immaturity stuff. Yeah. And, and hope that it that it ends up not um not impacting the career. And but you picked that, up a second round pick for doing and that. a fourth round pick. And a fourth rounder. Yeah. So that's where it becomes a better uh, value equation. Um and maybe it maybe that's the player they're they're targeting the entire time. We don't know. Um, but I'm sure he was the target, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter before things came out about Jalen Carter. If they the team does their homework and they put it all together, all the puzzle pieces fit back together with Jalen Carter and they decide to roll with that, I, I'd be happy. I mean, because of the play on the field. And, and hopefully it all comes together on the mental side uh, with, with the team around him, the players around him, and, and so forth, uh, as far as the leadership that we have. Yeah. Cool. All right, so who's your second pick at 20? So at 20, at, or did you move back at 20? At 20, I did move back. Um, okay. So go ahead. So I've got the next pick, which would be at 20. Um, I stayed home there. I only made the one trade, so I'm done with the trades. But um, Nolan Smith was my mm. pick. The nice. edge rusher slash. I mean, he's got a, he athletically is he's bigger and more athletic than um, Jamal Adams. Um, but he and he plays like on the edge. A guy can pass rush. He can cover. He can. Um, uh, he just looks like he's going to be a dominant um, outside linebacker and a three-four um, can move inside because he's got that size and and ability to play um, just across the field and and everything like they, you can really use him anywhere. He's like a super weapon uh, on defense. And at twenty, I couldn't pass that up. Yeah, I tell you, uh, he was gone. He went to the Lions at eighteen in my draft, um, and and with drafting Will Anderson. Uh, there, you, you kind of diminish that uh, need, and you're looking for other players. I would still consider drafting Nolan Smith, even with Will Anderson on the team. Four, and I'd figure four, it out. Three nine speed. Yeah, I'd figure it out on the on the back end and try to find out if, if Nolan Smith can yeah, and and Will Anderson can be on the field at the same time. I don't know, um, but I I went ahead and traded out of that pick. Minnesota came up and selected uh, Deontay Banks, the the uh, physical corner out of Maryland uh, with that pick. And I dropped back to 23. Uh, in doing so, I picked up uh, pick number 87 overall in the third round and uh, fifth round pick number 158 overall. So dropped back three spots, picked up a couple picks. And I went ahead and selected Mozzie Smith, the defensive lineman out of Michigan with the 23rd pick. There's a lot of uh, mocks now where he's starting to make it into the first round he's just not there in the second round at all um so consistently being picked in the 20s um and and definitely wanted to um when he was there players like uh, uh jalen hyatt julius brents um uh, not excuse me uh other players uh, were there um like uh zay flowers 
Michael Mayer or, or Cyrus Torrance, um, B. John Robinson, obviously, uh, Kalijah uh, Kansi. He was just going to be the best value uh, mm-hmm. out, of, out of those that fit what we need. Um, and uh, he's the pick. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, should be. Um, that's, uh, if it's a need and it's a good player, um, someone I would have considered, but the uh, Jalen Carter um, pick at nine made, made it so I didn't need to. Um, so at 37, right, that's a, a native pick. Um, I went with a guy that I don't think I've, I've mocked to Seattle, but I've looked at pretty much every time. Um, and that would be safety um, Brian Branch out of Alabama, um, a guy that is not a in-the-box safety. He is a, um, you know, a, a free safety, also can come up and play the slot and cover. Um, really kind of a um, scheme diverse player and that he can, you know, do the slot stuff and, you know, the free safety stuff uh, reminds me a lot of Quandre Diggs, not the fastest guy, but um, really instinctual and uh, does a lot of um, just really good things as far as like just anticipating, reading what the offense is doing, seeing uh, route combinations and being able to recognize where he needs to be. And um, Brian Branch is is one of the best football players in the draft. Yeah. Um, And as far as everything you just said, as far as being instinctual, a good player, smart, knows where he's supposed to be, um, doesn't uh, leave his assignments and just plays sound football. He's just a good football player. That would be a great pick. Solid, solid pick. Okay. Who do you got at 37? At 37, I chose uh, Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of Tennessee. Um, you know, history shows that Seattle takes wide receivers high if if they want wide receivers that are going to make an impact on this roster. Didn't work out the last time we did that. This time, Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee, uh, they take a chance on, on another wide receiver that's going to be able to take that third role right away. Um, potentially could could work himself up into a, you know, number one, number two wide receiver for the team. Uh, in the long run, but for right now, makes that wide receiver room really strong. Yeah, that's that would be a pick that I think they need to um, they they need to 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 make. They've got to get a wide receiver in this draft. Just um, you know, it they've got two on the roster that are high end, awesome guys. But you can't you you're not going to be able to go through um, and just have two wide receivers you've got to have at least a third and a fourth and uh, they need they need to make a pick like that where they can go get a impactful guy yeah i do think that seattle makes a pick at wide receiver before the uh, the end of the second round yeah that's i didn't but um i could see it okay what do you got so um (laughs) yeah my next pick um at 52 um I went with um, interior lineman prospect Cody Mock out of North Dakota State. Played Interesting. Off, played offensive tackle there. He doesn't have the link to, but the guy is a football player and will move inside at the NFL, and I think that he is going to move inside and be great. Has incredible athleticism for a guy his size. Just doesn't have the length that you want at tackle. Um, and I think he moves not just into guard, but the center and get him you know he doesn't have to play day one because if they 
they signed a guy. He can come in and learn the new position, maybe take over midseason, maybe take over next year. But um, I, I just think they, they need an interior lineman in, in this draft, and uh, I couldn't go any further without grabbing one. Interesting. I like it. Um, so my, my pick at 52 was Julius Brents, the cornerback out of Kansas State. Um, mm-hmm. Love that pick. 6'3", 200 pounds, 34-inch arms. Athletic testing was was crazy with a, a four five three forty, which is not extremely blazing, but the type of game that he plays, he's he's kind of a press guy. Can play zone. Um, had a forty one and a half inch vertical, eleven point six broad jump. Both those numbers are elite, um, and and starts probably right away on the other side. Um, and it it's it's a solid pick. It's it's at a point in the draft where that cornerback makes sense for seattle it's not a complete pressing need but best player on the board at that point and you take him yeah i am um, i like that pick um so i have the next one at 53 the very next pick so i picked cody walk at 52 mm. and at 50 53 which i got as part of the trade um i went with drew sanders uh linebacker out of arkansas this is a guy with tons of athleticism um can play interior can move over and play um you know rush linebacker can blitz up the middle he's a guy that can do everything at linebacker um i think perhaps the best interior um linebacker prospect in this draft um i unless agree of, unless I of agree. course you unless you move nolan smith in which i drafted at 20 um, yeah get, we've talked Drew's, about that before Getting Drew Sanders at, at 53, yeah, I've doubled up at linebacker, but you know what? The Seahawks need to double up at linebacker because they've got uh, two healthy interior mm-hmm. linebackers um, on the team, and both of them are on in the final year of their deal. Um, and so getting a chance to get two guys that have um, Pro Bowl potential uh, made a lot of sense. Yeah, this guy can line up inside and outside for you, really. Scheme diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great between the tackles, diagnosing, agility to run sideline to sideline, um, great speed, uh, toughness, uh, sound tackler. Um, Tremaine Edmonds reminds me of Tremaine Edmonds a little bit, which is a player that we talked about in the offseason that possibly Seattle could, could bring in. Uh, we went with Bobby Wagner instead, but to adding this to Devin Bush, Bobby Wagner, Brooks, uh, if they decide to keep him long term, and, and a guy like this um, would make me feel a lot better about the the linebacker position uh, for this team compared to last year. Um, okay, so I'm at 83. Uh, is, is that the next pick? Okay, are you on mute by any chance? I can't hear you. Maybe not. No, there you go. There, there we go. Um, yeah. So 83 is next. Okay, 83. So my pick at 83, I was lucky enough. I was I was thinking about going in a different direction, and then this player was uh, available, and I pounced on it because it, it fills a need uh, for the Seahawks. Luke Weipler, uh, the interior yeah. offensive lineman center from Ohio State, I think is a perfect scheme fit for Seattle. A uh, little on the lighter side, but super athletic. Kind of what they like to have out of their centers um, in this scheme. And uh, yeah, it was an easy pick for me. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, it's one of those guys that that um, never seems to be there where I want him. He gets drafted yeah, like two yeah. picks 
before right. I'm able to to select them just over and over again. And, um, you know, at some point you just, that's why I you went gotta, with Cody you gotta Mock. start trading up in that spot. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's why I went with Cody Mock when I right. did, because I knew he, that Wipler, um, probably wouldn't be there when I would want to take him at this spot. Um, and so, yeah, I went ahead and, and didn't. I was, um, I was ready to, to draft somebody else at one twenty three ish, uh, to kind of work into that position. But by drafting Luke Wipler, I was able to get a potential starter in, in year one right there, which yeah. at pick 83, it, I really like my draft so far. Yeah. So at pick 83, I went, um, with, um, Tyreek Stevenson, uh, cornerback out of Miami. Nice. Um, he's a big, you know, corner. Okay. He's maybe at six. Oh, maybe not big by Seattle standards, but, um, he plays big and he plays physical and he does a lot of, um, a lot of press coverage and is patient in press coverage, which Seattle's going to like, because as they teach him the, you know, the kick step move that they require out of their corners when they're pressing, um, it's going to come naturally to a guy like him that that's, that's patient, has the speed to recover. If he does get beat, um, very good 10 yard split at one five one. So his acceleration is crazy. Um, I think he's a perfect fit for Seattle's scheme. Um, and yeah, I like it because yeah. he's a, he's a great tackler comes up and runs support really well. Pete's going to love that. Good at, uh, ball skills, you know, plays the ball really well. That's one of his best attributes. Um, so I love that pick at that spot in the draft. I think that's a great value. You know, I've seen him go in the, in the second round as well. Um, mm-hmm. some teams prefer him over, over other prospects at, uh, I, part of my trade, um, to, from dropping back, uh, from 20 to 23 was pick 87. Uh, with that pick, I chose Roshan Johnson, the running back out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, at this spot in the draft, it's a perfect time uh, to to get him. And by adding that extra pick, I didn't have to wait to see if he was going to be available in the fourth round. Went up and grabbed him uh, at the back end of the at, in the third round. I think that's probably where he's going to go in the draft. Great fit for the Seahawks offense. A guy that's elusive, uh, six foot, uh, two hundred and uh, 15 pounds uh, guy runs with a uh, physicality, but is also able to, to bounce a little bit and um, very, very much uh, a guy that um, is surprisingly elusive and um, hard to tackle, hard to bring down. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and a guy that um, I, I love, I, he's a between the tackles guy that can get, um, he's got some, he's got speed and he's got, you know, that elusiveness, but he's, can also run people over. He's just hard to tackle. And yeah, that's actually yeah. why I picked him at 123 when he was there, um, wow. which is my next pick, which I, I wasn't expecting him to be. I was expecting him to go in the, you know, nineties. When I took Tyreek Stevenson at 83, I was looking at um, Rashawn Johnson and was like, do I make that pick or do I wait? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, too. I, me too. I'm like, well, it's a player I've already talked about. We've already done a little bit. So I went ahead and, and, uh, took Stevenson, but then when Johnson was sitting there at 123, I was like, done. Um, like I didn't yeah. even look at who else was available because, like I said, I was contemplating him at 83. So here's him at 30 picks later. Yeah, you know, 40, it was for, later. for me. It was down to uh, Zach uh, Kuntz, the the tight end that's really coming on. I drafted at 89 overall. Eric Gray was there, another running back. Zach Perkins or Pickens, a defensive lineman. Uh, but with the picks that I already made, that wasn't such a need for me. Ika was sitting there, a big, huge 
Um, nose tackle. Nose tackle. Uh, but I already had Mozzie Smith. Um, mm-hmm. So it was time for me to go ahead and make this selection. And again, you know, when I take a look at my overall draft so far, I really like my my selections. Everything's just kind of lining up and, and falling into place for me. I'm not doubling up on positions at this point in the draft. And, and uh, yeah, I've really helped my team. So what did you pick at 123? At 123, I went with JL Skinner, the safety out of Boise State. Uh, fits the physicality that the team likes. Um, he's got some downside as far as coverage skills are concerned. He needs to work on those sorts of things. But a physical player at 6'4", um, with good size, good length, um, good physicality, a guy that can come right in and be a special teams player while learning the position, we're, we're okay at safety. But with Jamal Adam questions uh, long-term, um, and Jordan Love only signed uh, for his his short amount of time, and then um, where where we're at with depth beyond that um, at the strong safety spot. Now that we let um, Ryan go, uh, Skinner comes in right away and has a role. Yeah, I'm still annoyed at the Ryan Neal decision, um, but that's a topic for another show. Um, so at the next pick. Um, was pick 133 which is what i got part of as part of my trade um and at that pick i picked a player that you just mentioned um and that would be zach kuntz tight end out of old dominion um rising up draft boards simply because he is athletically freaky and i get old dominion is not exactly a football um factory but the the athleticism and stuff that he has is is rare and um the seahawks don't need him to come in and play and and be great day one because they've got three really good tight ends um Koontz has the athleticism to be the best um you know out of that room eventually and so I just felt, what, what decisions need to be made on the roster this year do um you, i don't do I don't, you carry maybe four? four maybe you don't have any wide receivers so or do you try to flip well, get a get a pick for parkinson or 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 maybe, or fan yeah, I mean, you yeah. could, depending on 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 what's offered and, and what's out there, um, trying to get a pick for one of those. I think you carry four simply because you don't have any wide receivers, so you don't need to carry six wide receivers. You can carry fewer. Um, you just don't have talent at the position, so keep an extra tight end, play a lot of two, three tight end sets, and, and um, you know, use the talent where you got it. <laughs> well, according to your draft, too, we don't have any running backs either. Um <laughs> My pick at 151 was Ivan Pace Jr., the linebacker out of Cincinnati. Uh, the the thing about this kid is he's totally undersized. He's 5'10 and a half, 231 pounds, short arms, um, but super quick agility. Um, and they they didn't draft him to be, you know, a middle linebacker or anything. This is an edge rusher for them. Um, and and this guy has the agility to be able to do that. Um and just kind of rare quickness off the snap so he's just super fast super uh, athletic in that respect long speed not such an issue for him but um undersized and he's just a pass rush specialist basically yeah um at this point in the draft you like specialists especially pass rushers that's pretty good value um so at the same uh, position there at 151. I went with um, Jair Brown, a safety out of Penn State. Yes, I've doubled up at safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brown's an interesting guy because 
you watch his tape and you think he's like a second round pick. Um, he's just rangy. He's everywhere. He makes a lot of plays on the ball. Great tackler, all these things. And then he showed up at the combine and ran a four, six, five, 40, which you're like, Ooh, that's terrible. But that included a one, five, six split, which is pretty good. So he was fast, like right at the first 10 yards. Um, but then slow over the whole 40, it didn't make a lot of sense and it doesn't really match his tape. But um, that has him sliding. I mean, this is has the guy that's um, dropped down a, quite a ways um, on draft boards recently. And I just felt like, you know, as a potential um, guy that can play, you know, anywhere uh, at safety, play play in the box, he can play mm-hmm. deep, he can, um, you know, line up in the slot, just a lot of, a lot of versatility. And so, yeah, it's, and I doubled up a position, but I got a player I really like. It's this is this is an interesting prospect for me in that the tape shows an outstanding player and the testing shows somebody that's that shouldn't be drafted high in the in the draft and and like you yeah. said before the agility before the combine this guy was projected to be in the second second third round right in that range since dropped dropped quite a bit just because the guy didn't put up you know a, a four four forty um, and so you just got to really look at that find out and to me i think that's a great pick um, he didn't put up a four five forty right it was a four six five which is really slow right um and so if he comes in at his pro day so. or he comes in private workouts and then really improves on that he could be a guy that's sneaky um in in back into the third round i think mm-hmm. um what'd you do at uh, 154 at 154 i went back to the defensive line and got um colby wooden um defensive lineman out of auburn he's a guy that at 280 pounds is um not going to play inside he's going to be your five tech he's going to be that guy that gets up field makes plays in the backfield um is inconsistent which is why i think he falls this far if you looked at just highlights you'd think this guy was like a late round one pick um but he makes some plays where he just gets off the ball quickly and and lives in the backfield and then other plays he seems to um, just be a little slower reacting. And so I think that's going to make him drop, but the, the talents there, the, the, the evidence is there. He flashes what you want, um, you know, as that, that five tech. And, and so having him uh, able to do those things as a rotational player, and maybe you can work on whatever it is that's causing him to, to show that inconsistency and, and, you know, get rid of that. And so he's a, a more of an every down player after a year or two um, would be, you know, a nice addition. But I think just as a rotational guy uh, at this point in the draft with his potential, it's looked like a, um, a fit, a good pick, right? Yeah. I like it. High character guy, the uh, captain on, on Auburn's uh, team. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like, I really like that pick. I went in a similar direction at 154 with Moro Ajomo, the defensive lineman out of Texas. Yep. Um, for, for basically the same sort of uh, reasons. Uh, high upside, guy that can uh, play three-tech for you. If you're not going to draft Jalen Carter uh, right at the top of the draft, a guy like this can come in and um, and at least be in the rotation for you as a rookie, and we'll see how he, he develops. Yeah. I also had 158 um, yes, as did. part of my trade down, and I chose Terrell Smith, the cornerback out of Minnesota. I've, I've mocked him a few different times and talked about him um good size speed um and 
playability uh, out of a corner. A guy that's uh, a, a great tackler now needs uh, to work on a few ball skills. And, and But uh, when you get drafted in Seattle's defense, they've got some great coaching to, to coach you up on those things. Um, mm-hmm. But you can't teach the physicality and the athletic uh, attributes that he has. So, Yeah, he'll be um, available in this range because there's plays like he's he's very he's good at what he does in terms of being in coverage but team have with through adam even when he had good coverage because he didn't always get his head around and um he needs work at that and i think he needs coaching but in seattle he's not gonna be asked to play right away he's gonna get a chance to develop and that's gonna be good for him yeah yeah okay so one are you at 198 i am so um, I got a guy that you'll like. Um, I finally drafted a quarterback. And Me too. Dor- Dorian Thompson Robinson. Oh my goodness. Of- I went in a different direction this time. And went UCLA athletic guy, um, does a lot of running, um, older prospects. So you know how I don't like older prospects. Um, but he was there and I liked the idea that he would be um, able to come in and do a lot of the things that uh, Chino Smith does with his ability to... Um, He's not a guy that's going to like light it up running, but he has the athleticism to extend plays and run when you, when you need to um, big arm, maybe not always the most accurate arm, but a big arm and um, overall just an experienced quarterback, five-year starter. Interesting. Yeah. I went with Clayton tune, the quarterback out of Houston. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about him. I've heard he's rising up boards. He had an impressive combine. He was there, made a lot of throws, also threw in some of the extra periods for the agility drills where the wide receivers there uh, kind of made a name for himself. He's got some good uh, stats, all that kind of stuff, 67, 68% passer, tons of yards, 4,600 yards in, in total offense uh, just last year. Um, faces a lot of uh, adversity, four-year starter, team captain for three years, uh, works, you know, his, his feet footwork is, is good. The arm is okay. It's adequate, adequate drive power to get that ball out into the edges and, and down the field. Um, just a developmental quarterback at this point. Um, Dorian Robinson's got more upside and, and athletic traits that you like to see in a run pass option, kind of a quarterback. Clayton tunes, not that, although he's, he's tested very well athletically around a four, six, four forty. So he's not terribly slow. He can he can get out of the pocket for you and manipulate the pocket, um, but he's not going to you know he's not going to be a threat um, to, to score a touchdown from any point in the in the field. But he's more of a traditional pocket passer. Yeah, but he's a pocket passer with the athleticism. Yes. Um, so and that's always useful. I mean, that's I mean that's Geno Smith. He's a pocket passer with athleticism. He is not a running quarterback, um, and so getting a guy that that kind of matches that um so you can move him around but you don't have to you know what i mean i i actually see this guy being someone that i think seattle seahawks are going to draft honestly uh especially if they don't address the the position earlier a guy like this can come in and learn the system he's he'd be a perfect system quarterback for seattle i'm not saying he's going to light the world up but as far as a backup quarterback potentially take over uh you know in a brock purdy type situation if you had to uh i think this guy could do it 
And mm -hmm. um, I just, I think he's, he's an interesting guy that we haven't talked about a lot. I haven't, haven't really considered. And um, now, you know, I read some uh, recent posts about him. Uh, so I thought I'd check it out and uh, wanted to talk to him, talk about him on the show a little bit. Yeah, for me, it's, um, it, I haven't researched him enough to, to know, but um, I, it comes down to, does he have the arm necessary to, yeah. um, to play in at the NFL level? Um, and that's going to be the question. And if he has the arm strength, then, uh, and the ability to get the ball outside quickly, then I think he has potential to, yeah, do a Brock Purdy thing. Um, if he doesn't, then he may not get drafted and yeah, we right. may never hear from him again. That, that's I, correct. And that's just a, one of those things that I just don't know. And NFL, whatever NFL team drafts him, if somebody does, um, knows, they know what they're getting. And so um, I, I, I'm intrigued. I think that that could be a very interesting pick. All right. We're at the very end, Keith, 237. So, and um, yep. go ahead. I picked a player that I know you don't particularly like. Um, and it's Chris Rodriguez Jr., technically a running back out of Kentucky. The guy's yep. 200, 240 pounds, um, but, and he's just a battering ram. He comes in and runs people over. He's not um, shifty. He's just a straight-ahead runner. Um, great blitz pickup. Just, yeah, you know, that size. He's got the uh, ability to, I mean, he out, outweighs the linebackers. Um, mm -hmm. and so he is, is great at, at, at blitz protecting, um, and can wear teams down just, you know, running right at him as a battering ram. But I think also he's got, you know, he's got one of those guys that's going to be good on special teams and I think can, um, and he's big enough to be a linebacker. He could be the new Nick Belor. And that's actually what I was thinking is that he would be a fullback, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. and be able to come up, you know, he knows where the running lanes are. He's just got to get there. He doesn't have to get through the hole. He's got to make the hole by, you know, getting there and hitting the linebacker. So having him play um, fullback in situation, not like the CX use a fullback very often, but, um, you know, he's a guy that could definitely do it. I, I think that he. You, you know, know, a fullback has a role in, in San Francisco's offense, which is essentially the same offense we run. You know? Yeah, but we don't have Kyle Juszczyk on in seattle's roster we've got nick Ballore, so right um right. there's so that. maybe chris rodriguez would have a little bit more athletic upside of that position maybe open up the playbook a little bit more it's hard to have um those. i went with a player that i i know that you like uh that you mocked before in yasiri abdullah we just oh, talked yeah. about him in our previous show when we talked about late round prospects that seattle would would look at athleticism for days yeah and at that point in the draft that's what you're going to do and mm -hmm. if he's sitting there at that point, I think Seattle would kind of be all over that. They they lack depth at the position on the roster and special teams. A guy like this is a special teams wizard because of his size um, and, and ran a 447. And so mm -hmm. you look at a 6'1", 237 pound linebacker. Um, he's got prototypical size of the position as far as being a, a linebacker in Seattle scheme, but he's got the quickness and the agility to potentially be an edge player for you if if you want to play him on the outside. So I like the scheme diversity for him. Good prospect at that range in the draft. You just take a flyer. Oh, I don't think you can take him at that range of the draft. I think you're gonna to have to go at least around earlier. Um just out of the athleticism. He just he's such a 
he's such a freaky athlete for um and and just coveting special teams and the ability to come in plus seattle's linebacker core is so empty um at this moment that getting a chance to to draft a guy like that um i actually considered him but one i've done that draft before and two i'd already had um you know drew sanders and nolan smith as guys that are going to be right. uh, linebacker candidates in seattle so I, I i stayed away from that pick but he was there and i thought about it cool cool all right fun show we talked about a lot of prospects um i like my value how'd you like your draft i really liked my draft i think um moving back and then fight still getting carter at nine kind of set everything up um i went with a lot of defense which seattle needs um i didn't get a wide receiver which is the one thing that i um regret um there's some places in the draft where i should have and chose a defensive player instead but yeah i yeah. mean it's, that's what you end up at the end of the draft and you go okay yeah. well that's what happened I did the same thing, Keith. I walked out of this draft without a guard or an offensive tackle, even as, as a reserve. Uh, that That's probably not going to happen with Seattle's yeah. draft. I did get a starting center out of it. I like the top of my draft where I think my first six picks in the, in the top 100 have uh, the ability to have an immediate impact on this roster, uh, similar fashion that, uh, that happened in 2022. I think if we get Anderson and Mozzie Smith and Jalen Hyatt, Julius Brents, Luke Weipler, and Roshan Johnson as the first six picks, I don't care what comes after that. I'm I'm going to be liking that draft so much. I might not even watch day three of the, of the NFL draft. You know, it just it really wouldn't matter at that point. It'd be all gravy. Um, well, yeah, as you look at at my first um, six picks, it was Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Brian Branch, Cody Mock, Drew Sanders, and then. Um, Tariq Stevenson with Rashawn Johnson coming as the seventh pick. Yeah, um, oh, I've got. I, I see. You know, Stevenson being the wild card there uh, because cornerbacks kind of loaded, but six of the top seven as guys that are going to make an, an immediate impact. So, it, it, and when you do these mock drafts, as we've done many, and we've done many more than we've even talked about on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, no matter which way you go, uh, we're going to have probably six players out of this draft that are going to have an immediate impact because whether it's these players or different players, there's similar roles, similar players at different levels of the draft. Uh, it's hard to see uh, the Seahawks failing this draft. Um, well, you've got I, six, six picks in the top 83. Yeah. Well, you got, I guess you got five, you got but five. I, I, I traded back once and, and sure. got six. So it's just one of those things you've got. Um, so much ammunition up near the top of the draft. That's you got to be able to get good players there. Yeah. The the idea that you're going to fail that many times on that many picks and not get impact players just seems improbable. It, right. It does. And I would be, uh, I, I might not even be consolable if that should happen. And I don't know how that happens, but man, that would not be good. But I don't see it that way. Um, I, this, this draft is, is really well set up for Seattle, especially if the first two picks fall, um, really nice for Seattle, everything else just really lines up nicely for them. Mm -hmm. Um, depending on how this goes now, obviously a guy like Lou Weipler, uh, is probably going to go in the 40 to 50 range for me in, in the real draft. Julius Brents 
might not be available at 52. Somebody might come up and try to get him. Jalen Hyatt might go in the first round. I got him at 37. Mozzie Smith uh, may go slightly earlier than 20 or 23 where I had him. Uh, Will Anderson likely to not uh, be available for Seattle because Arizona looks like they're, they're eyeing him uh, to be the pick. But in my draft, Jalen Carter went to Arizona, you know, um, and so you just never know. Uh, but um, still amazing value, amazing players uh, available to Seattle at all levels of the draft um, to, to be able to come in. So exciting times for sure. We'll have yeah. one more mock draft prior to the real draft here uh, in a few weeks. Uh, we're only three weeks away, Keith. I know. We're only three weeks away. That's uh, exciting. We're less than, less than three now. So, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's it's weekend. So Very quick. A um, couple <laughs> days less. Yep. But, yeah, the um, first round is going to be fun because Seattle gets has two picks, that one right at the top of the draft. You know there's going to be a trade um, in there. This is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement for Seattle fans, which usually – you know, during this era, um, there's been a lot of nothing going on in the first round because either they didn't have a pick or they traded out. Yes, um, right. And so having two picks, probably not trading all the way out of it, even if they moved down from 20 um, and being able to to get a couple of, of really good players, it's going to be fun. And probably an additional pick in the top 100. Uh, mm-hmm. by the time it's all said and done yeah yep. crazy i don't know that i'd see them coming out i had 12 players in my mock i see them consolidating some of that uh to be able to move up in this draft at certain key points um the the, the, the trade back i think is a strategy that will be employed at some point in this draft i think at pick 20 depending on what happens at five i that they like yeah i mean you look at if will anderson's not on the board and the the three quarter back problem carter at at nine um as as you did would be an option or you take a look at wide receiver maybe a cornerback uh, but there's not many positions that i would draft in the top 10 Mm -hmm. and and we already have our tackles taken care of so we know we're not going to go in that direction um it's hard to, to know exactly what's going to happen at five. That's really the wild card in this whole thing. Well, it's weird because um, you look at combination of positional need and um, who goes in the top 10 and that, and, you know, there's one defensive tackle that I think is worthy of a top 10 selection, assuming his um, background stuff checks out Jalen Carter. There's, you know, one pass rusher in Will Anderson. There's a lot of cornerbacks. There's a lot of, um, you know, guys that Seattle's not probably not going to consider. Um, there's four quarterbacks that are going to go likely right. in the top 10. Um, and if you aren't in position to get yeah. the one of That's, those that you yeah. like, like it ends up being like I, you, the trade back simply because if Will Anderson's gone and you aren't but sold, you've got to have a partner harder. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you've someone else a wants trade a partner to, to be able to do it. Hope, hopefully Atlanta wants a quarterback and they're willing to move up to take the fourth one. Um, yeah, in my mock, uh, Las Vegas drafted Will Levis at seven. Um, the Devon Witherspoon's going to be there. Christian Gonzalez. Um, this is why I'm thinking you'd you'd picked uh, Nolan Smith was was available to you at, at twenty. Twenty. Uh, but I could see Seattle dropping back and picking Nolan Smith, even if it, it's at nine. Um, yeah, at or, nine or, or ten, or, and yeah, yeah, 
you know, or Peter Skaronsky to to move inside and play guard for them potentially. God, uh, a guy like Quint, Quinton Johnson, guard. Quinton Johnston, the wide receiver could be in yeah. play. Joey Porter, you talked about uh, Joey Porter being a pick uh, in a previous mock. They might think that Joey Porter's worthy of a top ten pick and, and go in that direction. I don't know. Um, you got to pick somebody. You know, mm-hmm. you can't keep trading back from five. Uh, we would just lose our minds if they drop back into the mid teens eventually. Maybe two two drop backs. Uh, they'd pick up the, that value, and this is obviously a deep draft. But you'd lose that premier opportunity at at five. It's it's tough that move. That, you know, when when we lost uh, that that third pick, you know, we were there sitting there uh, for quite a while uh, during the season. In that last game, we we ended up falling to, to the fifth pick. It really gets squirrely right there depending on what teams in front of you do and if somebody yeah, if you, comes if up to arizona pick. if somebody comes up uh with arizona's pick and and gets in there and arizona drops back that could potentially mean that four quarterbacks are taken in the first four picks that would be well, that, very very beneficial for seattle and then you've got will anderson just sitting there so yeah that would be beneficial yes. um the other thing is if somebody moves up with arizona and takes will anderson um, and Arizona decides, you know, we can get Jalen Carter at, you know, later because he's going to drop and um, we're okay with his off field stuff. And, um, you know, that could possibly put the Seahawks in a position to get a quarterback if they really like Anthony Richardson. And, yeah, right. you know, that causes him to drop. And, it depends and on what uh, Indianapolis does, obviously, because, you know, the rumor has it Bryce Young's going to go, but maybe Bryce Young drops a little bit. C.J. Stroud goes number one overall. Maybe the Texans fall in love with Anthony Richardson. That really sets in motion a, a thing that, you know, I'm not particularly enamored with Will Levis, but if Will Levis is sitting there at five, do you want the Seattle Seahawks to draft Will Levis at five overall? I'm not sure. I mean, I would much rather have Will Levis than Anthony Richardson <clears throat> or even Bryce Young. Agreed, me, but I just don't want to draft a quarterback, quarterback to draft a quarterback. You know, I want to make sure that he's a good fit in the, in the scheme. The Seattle really has done their homework. He's the guy. They feel like they can overcome some of the inaccuracy issues that he had, you know, based on the fact that he played under a poor offensive line and all that kind of stuff. He didn't have the weapons. They've done that, and they and he's the pick. I'll, I'll get behind that 100%. I'm just not sold on it. Yeah, I think he's the number two quarterback in this draft class. Um, and I would, I would take him. I would, I, and I wouldn't think twice about it. Um, this is a guy with, um, you know, very high end potential. And, uh, I I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a really good pro. Um, I, like I said, Bryce Young has better tape, but he's freaking tiny. Um, and I don't know if he's going to last. Um, you know, he is, um, Murray, the quarterback in Arizona, um, but without the athleticism. And Murray can't stay healthy, and he actually has the athleticism to make people miss. Young doesn't. Uh, now his tape's great, but I, I don't see him. You know, it's, things get harder. You're, there's very rarely a clean pocket in the NFL, mm-hmm. and he had he had nothing but clean pockets in in college. So um, I think that. I would take Will Evis, who was always under pressure on every throw in college. Um, and played in our offense. Yeah. Like I said, and, and 
was under pressure on every throw and was throwing to guys that were covered because nobody could get open for him uh, on every throw. Um, I would take that over. Interesting. Uh, over the, I mean, I honestly think he's the second best prospect in this draft. Wow. Wow. That's going to be fun. Lots of fun. All right, let's get out of here, Keith. Um, you can find Keith on Twitter at Myers and Phil. I'm at NWC Hockey. You know where the show's at. Hit the subscribe button. If you're finding us on YouTube, uh, on the on our YouTube channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. Three shows a week, uh, even in the off season. It's one of our favorite times of the year, and then all through the season as well. So, um, so yeah. So until next time, go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.